Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So grab your life vest and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. All right, we on. It's cool. So I had the pleasure of meeting uh, a surfer in the lot the other day, Paul Barnla. That's right. Say hi, Paul. Hello. <laughs> um, I just, we were kind of, all the boys were kind of attracted to the rig he's got going. I'll let him tell you all about it. But uh, it's a pretty sweet setup in here that we are uh, recording now down at the beach on a beautiful sunny day. Paul, uh, tell me about this thing. Um, well, this is a 1999 Winnebago Atasca. Uh, I did a, a um, RV trip down the West Coast from uh, San Francisco down to LA a few years ago on the occasion of my friend's wedding. So instead of staying in a hotel, I decided to rent an RV and do a surf trip. Um, so we stopped at the wedding along the way and surfed all kinds of breaks that I never would have thought to to surf in Big Sur and north of San Francisco and Santa Cruz and Malibu and all of it, which was amazing. And as soon as I got back from that trip, I started looking to buy an RV of my own. And um, I don't know, just scouring the internet. Uh, and after a few months, it, it seemed like I knew every RV that was for sale hey, in yeah. the United States. Like anytime a new one would come, come up, I would immediately notice it. So eBay, RV Trader, Craigslist, all of it. And I saw this one and, uh, and it had a lot of things that I wanted, not too big, not too small, all the features I want. But when I started talking to the people who were selling it, it had some water damage. It had been left outside for too long. And I kind of backed away. And then they reapproached me and they said, name your price. So. I decided to take on a project and I took this thing and I had to peel the whole side off and fix a bunch of water damage and then I took to to renovating it so I put all new cabinets and reupholstered and I had some leftover wood flooring from a really expensive apartment I was remodeling in Manhattan and I used the extra to do my floors and I don't know it's just been it's been an awesome experience for the last three years sweet yeah it's, it's kind of like every surfer's dream to have like a traveling home that they can just post up on on any surf spot you know yeah it's also taken me to a lot of breaks that i never would have surfed before like i've been as far south as the outer banks mm -hmm. which is which is an amazing place because it's so i don't know if remote is the word but it's so far out there and it's so spread out that you can you can easily find breaks that you're the only one there um, and, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's like out of another decade, uh, dog on the beach. No one, no one's, no one's paying attention. No one's giving you a hard time and they're pretty loose about where you can camp. As long as you're not in a really populated area, you can pull up to the beach and just camp. 
and then from there all the way up north to Maine. Mm -hmm. So I've surfed Maine, New Hampshire, uh, Rhode Island, Rhode Island sneaky. That talk about a sneaky little surf state. That's yes. so true. It doesn't look like they'd get swell, but they do, don't they? Yeah, and it's just a beautiful place, like this craggy coastline and mm, very New Englandy, yep. right? Yeah. Um, Point Judith, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Matunic, all these spots. Yeah, I actually, I really do have to go check it out, but it's hard because it's the same swell window that we have here, right? And I have it so wired here, so it's really hard to leave what you know Absolutely. to go explore with something nearby. I but think that's I one of the things that this RV did was it, it tempted me to get out and go to some places I never would have checked out if I didn't have sure, it. Sure, sure. Well, now you have this setup, how comfortable you can be. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, this is just like, this is epic. Yeah. Out of the sun, got your little kitchenette area, bed over there for nap time. Yep. You know, the, the pups cruising around in and out, taking care of the abode when you're not here, when you're surfing. Yep. It's pretty sweet. Um, so since we just met, you know, like me and Paul are new friends, you don't really know, like the kook cast is all about kind of embracing the natural kookery that ensues <laughs> throughout surfing, you know, and you yeah. think when you start, oh man, all I got to do is just get good enough to not be a kook anymore. But then later down the line, you find out you're always going to kook it. You're going to do something <laughs> ridiculous or silly. So long story short, this is geared towards beginner surfers, you know, and, nice. and the journey of learning how to surf and pretty much moral of the story is or conclusion is you're always learning to surf you never actually stop learning yeah and and thank god for that you yeah. know otherwise it would get stale and old yeah so that being said tell me about how you learned how to surf what was what was the beginning like for you and where was it every little detail that comes to mind when i was oh by the way is this mine yes oh cool yeah do you have one for you i do but it's uh it's just out of reach no no it's not at all we can we can, this is a mobile setup man. oh nice let me grab my beer and Maybe I'll tell you more details after I'm through a beer. There we go. That's just how we do it on the show. Everyone's got to have a beer. All right, should we get the sound effect? Of course. To crack them. Now I'm going to kook out on opening my beer. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So Paul's a great Cheers, surfer, man. but he can't open a beer. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Well, about me and surfing, when I was nine... I was born on the East Coast in New Jersey. When I was nine, I moved to San Diego, California. And uh, that's really where I got my taste for the ocean. Uh, I grew up with a group of guys that were uh, surfers, boogie boarders, skateboarders, spear fishermen. And uh, we would, whenever we could, get down to, to the beach. And to be honest, at that time, uh, surfing was kind of the rich kids sport because you needed the gear you needed a board you needed a consistent ride down to the beach so for us we were more skateboarders but whenever we could go to the beach we um we were in spear fishing mm -hmm. so i grew up in like casa cove la jolla cove those areas uh in the ocean spear fishing and uh and boogie boarding and uh super into it and then when I got a little older, I started to surf a bit, but I never took it that serious. It was always just, um, it was always just something that, you know, I did occasionally. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I love being by the ocean. I love doing all kinds of things in the ocean, fishing and, and uh, body whomping. And we used to go to the wedge and, and just get our asses kicked in the surf <laughs> and, uh, and just goofing around in the surf 
was what we were about. And then I moved out to, um, to New York in 2000 and uh, I didn't surf for a long time. And then uh, I met a photographer who uh, was photographing some of my construction work uh, and we were just, just chatting. I said, what do you got going for the weekend? And he said, oh, I'm going surfing. And I thought, surfing, huh, where? And he said, oh, right in the Rockways, there's good surfing out there. And I said, you're kidding, I couldn't believe it. Huh. So he invited me to go out and somehow the timing was right and I just caught the bug big time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, then I decided, all right, this is something I'm gonna invest my time in and I'm gonna try and get as good as I can at this. And since then, uh, of course, when you start learning to surf on the East Coast, it's all about Montauk. Everybody's talking about Montauk. Mm -hmm. So I came out here like six or seven years ago for the first time and immediately you, you could tell the difference in the quality of wave here. We got a point break, like there's not too many of them on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so, man, it's been, it's been a life altering thing. Uh, I, it, it dictates where I travel to and how I travel right, and right. how I spend my time. That's kind of like always been my answer for when people, like, what is a surfer, yeah. you know? It's, I don't think it's necessarily a frequency thing or how good are you. Yeah. I think it's just how it consumes your life. Yeah. And a surfer, every question that comes up in life, it's the, before you answer it, you're thinking to yourself, Hmm, am I going to be able to surf more yes. or less yeah. when I after I make this decision? Yeah, you know, and that to me is like what a surfer is 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 basically just someone who's always thinking about surfing. Yeah, and I remember that like going to college. I remember being like, well, if I take that class, I won't be able to get the morning <laughs> session in. <laughs> you know, yeah, like not knowing, you don't know if what days are going to be waves in advance. Of course you don't. Yeah, but you're still like, but what if that's what if on Wednesdays there's a six swell and then I have to be an eight o'clock class? No, I can't take that class. <laughs> No, no, it's going to have to be another semester. I'll do that one. Are you, uh, you're an East Coast guy? Is this where you grew up? Yep. So I grew up East Coast, Long Island. Hey, what's up, Rob? What's up? <laughs> our, our car neighbor over here, Rob. We're recording a podcast. Oh, that's an awesome, that's an awesome pickup, man. Oh, thanks, man. Sorry if I um, messed up the uh, audio on the... No, not at all. You're complimenting it. <laughs> okay. That's our good friend, Rob. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, no, grew up on the East Coast. Um, more, more mid Island, yeah. Long Island, you know? So it, it was it, the one good thing I always say about, uh, growing up on the East coast and surfing is that you're forced to be like a pursuer. Yeah. You have to, for, you have to get to the beach right. There's your first battle, yeah. you know, cause it's not right down the block, Yeah. you know, and then getting to the beach is often wind swell, very peaky conditions. So you're not like set up to get a bunch of easy rides. So like East coasters that actually make it through the first couple of years of surfing are usually pretty dedicated, pretty committed. You, yeah. you can't not be, Yeah. you know, you don't get good enough to continue surfing and want to keep surfing unless you have that commitment, you know, to surf yeah. here. So yeah, so I, I, I always just am grateful for growing up on the East coast just for that. But then I hear, you know, like when you, whenever I go to California or, or just some long period long lots of long energy coming in and yeah. i see the point break setups and all that i'm just like man what is it like to grow up in a place where you have access to these kinds of waves all the time it's, it's true and the, the the truth is i didn't even realize what a you know what an opportunity i had when i was there and when i talk to my friends and family that still live in san diego 
I think are you, you're crazy that you're not taking advantage of this every day. You've yeah, got, yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got dreamy swell. I mean, maybe one of the most uh, consistent places in the country. I really think so. Even when it's 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 supposed to be small or flat, if you go somewhere. down to the beach and yeah. look at it, you'll see set waves yep. that that are totally rideable and and actually high quality. And I think me like reinvesting my time into surfing and trying to get to get. Um, as good as I can at my age, uh, being on the East Coast, forcing me to, to surf and slop and, and everything that we, we contend with here. When I do get out to, to San Diego or LA or Hawaii even, I think that th that gives me some, some, some chops in, in a more quality wave. Mm. Uh, certainly I'd be better if I was surfing out there all the time just because you can get the hours in but I think something about having a scrap in small windswell when you get to a decent peak all of a sudden you've got the muscle memory and the technique to to get right in yeah totally I agree with that 100% I think that riding those quality waves makes you a better wave rider uh -huh. you know and there's a, a really beautiful continuity between your turns and the way you bring your board up and down with your knees up you know just yes. like you really get more practice on the wave yeah but what i think that makes you really good about here is just like you were saying is is more of the dynamic skills you need to position for waves and to catch waves and to catch them best yeah because you can catch a wave in a way that you work really hard to get it and then stand up and barely have speed yeah or you could catch that same wave in, a, in the right proper position and have a ton of speed from the takeoff, which carries through all the way to the end. Yeah. You know, and so being able to ride like shitty bad waves with speed and power yeah. is a pretty awesome skill to cultivate. Yeah. And, and you're less likely to do that in quality waves where you don't have to. You know, yeah. like you never actually discover the difference between riding a wave good or bad because they all are good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's hard to explain, but. You know, the waves here, it's very easy to ride them badly. Yes. It's so easy to just be standing on the shoulder on a wave that's barely pushing you. Yeah. Compared with when you just are behind the peak a little bit and set your rail across the peak as it's like pitching and breaking and get that one moment, that one section of speed that yeah. just shoots you down the line. And then, of course, if you're carrying it through all your turns, then you have speed from beginning to end. Yeah. But it's a really good point, and I, and I just am always trying to preach that you know that there is a really high value from surfing waves like this that come and then when you do get a chance to go surf you know better quality waves not only is it just a blessing and you're so grateful yes. but you surf them really well you yeah. know and, and then then you get to work on different parts of surfing like how you ride the wave really yeah and the continuity and the and the smoothness and the just connection in your turns because no doubt about it that's beautiful when when someone surfs that like that yeah you know like really connected yeah that flow mm-hmm there's another thing that's happening out here that that along with the surfing is pretty unusual just about anywhere we're running out of places like this where we can just post up at the parking lot keep an eye on the surf where we can have a bonfire at night if we want yeah where my dog can play fetch on the beach where you can leave your surfboard all day and no one's going to mess with it right, where you can have right. your stuff on the beach and and, and there's a real community here that's that's safe and I just harkens back to another time where you could just, you know, make a day of the beach and be really comfortable and mm -hmm. not have to worry. Yeah, that's that's really interesting because it's so true. It's you're losing it. And so when you do find it, it's it's something that you have to recognize. Yeah. And be grateful, you know, and be stoked about. 
Um, hey, so, okay, so all always, always, there's got to be a good story you got with, uh, you know, learning to surf or even just recently, but basically kooky experience or something ridiculous, an indirect learning for all our listeners, how when you, for example, run to the beach with your release on, you <laughs> might trip on it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite ones and one of the first episodes uh, my friend was telling a story about getting his first surfboard. Yeah. So stoked, leashing up all the way in the parking lot, running full speed down the beach, and then, of course, tossing the thing into the concrete because <laughs> yeah. he tripped oh, off no. his leash. Um, I'm sure I have one every session. Today I was working on, it was pretty soft when we got out here early around 7, um, and then it kind of, the wind was on it in a weird way and, and it kind of peaked up a little bit and it got a little messy and bigger out there and I was still I'm working on surfing leashless I think that um, I think that it helps cross-stepping and I also think that it forces you to to have um, thoughtfulness in in kicking out and being Absolutely. responsible for your board I can't tell you I'm sure you see you're in that water all the time people just they just let their board go. They don't right. even think twice about it because they know the leash is on it. Yep. So I was working on that today, but I lost my board once today. And <laughs> sure enough, like it just got caught sideways in the right spot on the wave and all the way to shore. And I'm just looking at those rocks. It's low tide, just waiting for it to slam in the rocks. Fortunately, I got there just in time. But huh. um, I'm sure I have way more kooky stories than that. Yeah, maybe one will come up. But uh, and, and if it does, feel free to interrupt and let me know because that's that's some some people just listen for the good story, <laughs> um, and they are good. It's just it's nice to hear that no matter what level you're at, yeah. Even as as you get so good, there's still moments where you just kook it so hard. <laughs> but uh, that's a great point, though. I want to just kind of touch on that real quick. Is the leashless surfing? So actually, me and my partner, Coach Evan, who I I, I work with and surf with all around the world, do awesome things with uh, together with him. Uh, we just did an episode on the topic surfing leashless, mm -hmm. and he—he's the one that really brought that to the table for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it was always kind of an option, but for me, I always did it, but only if the waves were super tiny. Yeah, and it was really like a non-serious session. Yeah, he brought it to the point where it was like, basically, we're surfing as much as we can without a leash. Uh, you know, and only when it's really required. And for him, that's that's a higher standard than me. I I'm putting on a leash a little earlier than he would. But nonetheless, he's the one that introduced me to the benefits of surfing without a leash. And I was always like, I don't want to swim after my board if I lose it. I don't want to have to like pass up a section because there's people inside of me and I, don't, I can't risk falling. So I have to pass that section up. Yeah. You know, and all these things. That but that's I kind of exactly the point. Exactly. Exactly. Right? That's what he brought to my mind. You know, this is a couple of years ago now. So now currently, now I'm full-fledged believer, yeah. you know, that as often as possible, don't surf with a leash on because just like you said the thoughtfulness in your surfing you have to now think about that section is it the right one to hit yeah and if there's people you can't hit it because you don't want to risk it or yeah. if you're super confident then you can go for it or and the kickouts that's a huge one right because everybody there's a lot of there is a contingent of people who would say to a leashless surfer like oh you're dangerous you're reckless yeah but honestly the person who's letting go of their board every single time and letting the entire leash extend. Yep. So nine feet of surfboard, nine feet of leash. Yeah. You know, letting that fully extend, that's reckless. Yeah, and just no thoughtfulness for anybody else's around around them. Right. And when you don't have that leash on, you're thinking about that on on the wave while you're surfing. And I also think a kick out, as simple as it seems, like 
that's the punctuation at the end of your your sentence of Dude, writing any weight. You're right? nailing it. This is so funny. People are going to think that we actually are pretending not to be friends <laughs> because you're saying things that we are preaching all the time. You know, as simple, so we're all about the basics. Yeah. You, you, dude, you just nailed it because the kick out is one of the most basic things you can do yep. that elevates your surfing so much. Yeah. Don't just jump off the board. At Don't the just jump <laughs> off your board. I mean, dude, you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so true. It is those little things that really distinguish you among other surfers. Because when you look out at the lineup and you see boards flying all over, the surfer you're really going to notice is yeah. the one who's turning over the wave and then right back in paddling position and off yes. back out the back. Like and not fist pumping. And I'm also a big believer in, uh, humility. Yeah. Just no, if you have a good ride, it's an amazing feeling. We all know how amazing that feeling is, but I think the most elegant way to finish that is just to turn around and go straight back. Out. Yeah. 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 You know, it's I understand just another that, wave in the journey. Yeah. And I understand that desire to, to fist pump and hoot and holler and all of it. But I also think there's an elegance to just, just moving back on. Yep. I had that I, experience. Let's I agree. Go find another one. I totally agree. It really, there's something really humble about it, you know? Yes. And, um, and, and, and I like the idea too of letting like your friends hoot for you, letting your friends claim sure. it for you, you know? Yes. Cause that feels even better. Right. You get a great wave, you kick out and you're like, okay, let's just that's do that That's the word, again. right? Claim. You don't need to claim it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it is. You don't need to claim it. But when your friends are like, oh, woo, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Eric in the background listening <laughs> in on us making funny. I wish sometimes I wish we could make these video shows <laughs> because this is a funny little scene going on right now with all the activity going down. And anybody that's a surfer knows that what goes down on the lot is, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting and fun. And um, I think I think Rusty Drum said it. Did you ever get to know Rusty Drum? Uh uh. He was a surfer out here who passed recently. And um, just a really great personality, beautiful spirit and soul, excellent writer. Yeah. And he, he had a really great quote um, about what goes down in, the, in a lot of surfing, surf spots. Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> just hitting on that. Um, hey, Paul, so, you know, what's, what do you, this is personal, but if you don't mind, what do you fear about surfing or the ocean? Um, so I think that, you know, the ocean is, is good at keeping your ego in check. And I've, I've found myself in some positions at, at certain spots here on a big, uh, hurricane swell, uh, where I'm caught inside and I'm on a longboard, so I can't duck dive anything. And I'm working my butt off to try and get back outside. And every once in a while, I'll take a peek over my shoulder and see the big rocks that right. are behind you. And man, just, I'm not a religious person, but just praying, just absolutely <laughs> praying like, oh God, not the rocks, please not the rocks, you know? <laughs> not between the rocks and the waves. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I guess you, I think that surfing's good in a way because it, it keeps you in check, but it also rewards your bravery. Mm. Like if you're, you, I wouldn't encourage anybody to go out if it's, if they're uncomfortable and it's well beyond their their skill level but i also think that you do need to push your limits a little bit if Absolutely. you're going to improve yeah, yeah. and so uh i've i've had the good fortune of being out in some big swell here and uh i think it teaches you a lot about yourself you really get to know a part of yourself that you don't find out any other way yeah i was in um 
Hawaii uh, last uh, fall and, um, or was that last summer? And it was Hurricane Lane. And I was there, yeah, I was there on summer, so I was planning on, um, on surfing the South Shore. But Hurricane Lane came through and it was so big that that swell was wrapping around to the North Shore. And I got to do something that I thought I might never get to do in my life, which was surf at some big breaks on the North Shore Wow! on a summer hurricane swell, which was amazing. Totally amazing experience. And uh, they, they were big, fat waves. So I think that... It was just it was just paddling up to them and, and paddling out that was so wild to see a swell that big and, and just to get out back was such an experience I'll, I'll never forget and then to score just a few rides on the probably the biggest swell of my life was wow yeah amazing what were you riding I was riding a Takayama in the pink um, which is how, how long was it uh, it was nine foot wow so that's that's a very that's kind of a very voluminous board, especially up in the nose for yeah. such big waves. You know, did I, you feel that like dropping in and stuff, like having all that volume out in front of you? I did, and I. It's funny. I, I, a lot of people would choose a different board, um, but I've I found that I've surfed so much. Okay, to take it back a little bit, like my favorite kind of boards to surf are fish shape, odd shape twin fins. I have a mini Simmons sitting right behind you up up on the, the second bed in the RV that I love, um, uh, made by uh, Hydrodynamica. And uh, so I like all these unusual shapes. I like mid-length single fins. Mm -hmm. But it so happened that on that day, it was long paddle out, and it was a big fat swell, and I took that Takayama out. And I just find that board to be perfection in almost any condition. I've ridden that board in tiny one-foot surf and head high or overhead swell and always felt comfortable and confident on it. And I've bought, like, over the years, like, fancier boards or hipper boards or, you know, big logs. And the one thing I feel on that board is on other boards, I might say, oh man, I can't believe I didn't make that section or oh man, I can't believe I dug a rail there. And on that Takayama, I always feel like, oh man, I can't believe I did make that section. I can't right. believe I didn't grab a rail there. I can't ah. believe I pulled through that. Um, so I find that, I don't know, just a forgiving board that makes yeah, it easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think most of all, the volume is always going to be a, a, like a point of power, like yes. a, a one point on your, you know, your side of the checkerboard. Yeah. Um, you know, so in big waves, like, I mean, if I had a choice between two boards, that one and something of less volume, I would pick that just yeah. because, you know, and we, this is another topic we always talk about. We're all about the basics, the mm -hmm. basic skills yeah, and, and catching and reading waves, less how you ride them, yeah. you know, because how you ride a wave is kind of your own journey. Yeah. Some people just love to stand there and just be in the pocket, yeah. you know, perfectly positioned and other people are trying to go up and down vertical or and do maneuvers, yeah. whatever that's your journey but what's what's more what's less subjective and more just the way you have to do it the the objective side is how to set up and catch waves yeah and so, understanding the wave yeah right right and so we are always touting the benefits of volume you know and boards that give you that power because the majority of your sessions in the water 
are about getting the waves right. and getting in position, not riding them. So ultimately, if you're going to pick a board that's going to help you do that better, because that's what you have to do more of, yeah. then you want something with more volume, especially if it's a big swell, because usually big swell comes with moving water, lots yes. of water moving. And so if you're trying to fight water moving and get in position, you know, get in position with moving walls of water yeah. and all this, you need to move fast. Yeah. You know, that's why you take it to an extreme and I'm speaking to the listeners a bit here too, like take it to an extreme, like those huge, huge waves, they don't paddle into them. I mean, they're getting really impressive with that, but they usually jets like get towed, towed in, in. Yeah. because they're moving so fast and there's so much water. It's like pretty impossible yeah. to, to position yourself with your own power optimally and catch it and ride it. You know, you need a little assistance. So pull it back to what's totally reasonable to paddle into. But this is why we're always preaching more volume, more volume, because it's not just about riding the wave. It's about getting the wave. And you need to get to the position. You need to get and hold position. I think I've talked to a lot of people, and I felt like this for a while too, like one of the, one of the hard th things for beginners to learn is to duck dive, and it's a big deal. But I think there's a... a, a a concept that once you learn to duck dive, then it makes it easy to get out back. Um, and if you're on a shortboard, it makes it easy. I think that learning how to get out in a big swell on a longboard is a super important skill to have. Yeah, of course. Um, yes, duck diving makes it easier to get through, but it takes it burns a lot of energy. And one of the best surfers um, that I ever took a lesson from in Puerto Rico. Uh, said something I'll never forget. He said, "Surfing is conserving energy. Mm. You're, you're, you got to constantly be thinking about conserving your energy. Yes. And if you're on a big longboard and you learn to, I'm not going to say duck dive, but just push the nose under or yeah, just how roll. to get through waves yeah. efficiently. And then when you have that big board between waves, you can cover a lot more ground than a shortboarder can. Yeah, Even though he course. can duck dive, once you that wave passes you and you've got a break in the sections." you you can you can get out there quickly right, right. and that's that's why i was on that takiyama on that big day in hawaii because i knew i could get out back quick on that mm -hmm. there was it was a long interval cover some ground yes yeah and i think that's a super important part of surfing and it's also back to what we were talking about like elegance mm. in your surfing like someone that gets out there in, in a in a graceful way that there's something to be said about that you know totally I mean? yeah totally it's all uh, one of my biggest goals with with this brand with the surf continuum is to I express the concept to people that surfing and and the elegance and the grace and style that surfers can have potentially yeah. is not just about how they ride the wave yeah it's about how they paddle out. It's even about how they walk down the parking lot with their board under their arm, you know? Yeah. Are they dragging their leash? Are they, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, tripping over things? Is, you know, is everything disheveled and clearly they don't have a lot of practice doing this and you can tell by the way they're tripping over it, you know? Yeah. It, there's everything around it, you yeah. know? Being a surfer is, is how you live your life. It's not just how you ride a wave. Yeah, I and, think everybody's having their own experience, but I know what I, what I appreciate and respect when I see it. Sure, you know I mean? sure. And someone who's who's smooth and efficient use of energy and nice flow. Uh, yeah, that's I, what I aspire. I really like that, that concern, because that's so true. It's, I call it pace. Yeah. You know, you have to find the right pace and it's not just a physical pace. Like when you're paddling out, it's a mental pace. Yeah. You know, like when you're caught inside, if you start getting frantic, 
you know, and you start seeing, like, you're looking at your friends out the back who yeah. are sitting there safely, and you're caught on the inside. Yeah. It's very easy to let your mentality kind of yeah. run from you. And then you start breathing fast. Right. Then you get right. tired quicker. Everything is affected by your mentality. Yeah. So we talk about this a lot, but man, when you're on the inside, even on a small day, and just struggling to get out and trying harder to get out faster, yeah. it doesn't, first of all, it doesn't equate to faster. No. Nope. And it means a shorter session overall yep. because you're burning up energy. You know, and, and, and in the scheme of things, if you were to able to really look back and evaluate your session, you don't get out that much faster. For sure. You know, so if you just take your time and kind of accept where you are in the lineup and just keep punching through without struggling, you know, just keeping a nice steady progression out, even if it's not progression, even if you're just holding ground. Yeah. And then when the set breaks or when there's a moment, then go progress, you know. I mean, it's like yoga and so many things. It's about your breath. Yeah. It's about counting. Mm -hmm. It's about pacing yourself and I think all that watching the surf and understanding the swell is another thing if I'm caught on the inside and it's an ugly situation sometimes I'll just sit on my board right and right, right. and one once one's about to break I'll take a few paddles and and either turtle roll or yeah or just, just so you have the momentum to get yeah. through yeah. but then I'll just just wait just mm -hmm. be patient because there's going to be a break in the, in the set and and knowing when that opportunity is and then Right. Kind of like hell. <laughs> Killer, Paul. This is a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. The um, So, hey, listeners, if you're not subscribed to the Coopcast, you're kooking. <laughs> you better get on iTunes. That's our favorite one because they hold the most listeners. Or Stitcher, Player FM. There's many out there. I think Google Google Podcast just picked us up. Nice. Uh, so that's pretty cool. They're a new thing. So you know if Google's getting on it, it's, it's something's happening. Uh, the podcasts are really picking up. But nonetheless, however you listen to us, you better subscribe. Leave a rating and review. If you made it this far into the show, you must have liked it enough. <laughs> so rate us. Give us five stars. Come on, peeps. Hell yeah. Paul, thanks so much for taking the time, having me inside your awesome little setup here. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome anytime. I'm sure I'll I'll be cooking it up out there. So next time I see you, you can remind me that uh... you got a story to tell. <laughs> yes, I got a story to tell. Absolutely. <laughs> on the coop, guys, we're gonna have you back on. <laughs> All right, peeps. Nice, uh, nice talking to you. We'll check in next week. Woo.